Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will explain the Jewish people as seen in the life of Joseph. Today's message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Hi, I'm Tom Cantor, and I'd like to talk to you a little bit today about being a Jew in the world from my personal experience. My, uh, on my father's side, my grandparents came from Lithuania. They come from a line of rabbis and cantors. As a matter of fact, the original name was Kantorovich. They shortened it to Cantor. But the family was all made up of rabbis and cantors, and they did the ceremonial type of uh, responsibilities. For example, for the community, they butchered the chickens so that there wasn't blood in the chicken when they went to cook it. They did the circumcisions. My, my, uh, they were moils. They were the ones who came over and circumcised the boys on the eighth day. And they moved over uh, in the turn of the century through Ellis Island into, uh, at least a couple of them did, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, to the United States. My great-grandfather became a rabbi in, in Pittsburgh. My grandfather became a rabbi in Petersburg, Virginia. He had three sons. My father was a doctor. They were all doctors. He wanted to become rabbis. They all became doctors. And uh, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, 1950, and then raised in Los Angeles as, as a secular Jew. And um, what's interesting was that uh, when, I, when I was young and, and uh, memories of, uh, of a circumcision, and I, I saw the baby, and he's dressed in white, and the rabbi comes and with this knife, and there's blood, and the baby's screaming. And he said, this is what you do if you're Jewish. And I thought to myself, you know, uh, I don't want to say this, but if there, was, if there was an option for me to be not Jewish, I think I would take that one. Because uh, uh, while well, I was eight, eight days old, unfortunately, it was already gone, so I didn't have the choice to make any more. But I always thought to myself, eee, it's a tough job when you're eight, years, eight days old to be a Jew. You've got you to go through that. We celebrated customs. For example, we had a Passover dinner in our home every year where Jews would get together. Kind of looked like us a little bit, different ways, Eastern European type of features and so forth. And... Um, and this one, where are you from? Well, where our people come from Lithuania. Our people come from Germany. Our people come from Romania. Our people come from Poland and have this language of a kind of a, a like a German, Yiddish, and they'd speak, had food, a very ethnic type of thing. And, and you got to, when you were together there, you felt like, okay, I'm part of this group. I'm, I'm Jewish. But, you know, we were living in Bel Air and Beverly Hills, West LA, and, uh, and all of my friends were also Jewish, but they were like me. They were secular. They had these backgrounds. Some of the things they kind of embarrassed about, like, oh, it was part of the culture. And then there was temple. You go to temple, and you say, oh, you got to learn Hebrew. Why do I learn Hebrew? Because you're the people of the book. So what book? He says, never mind. Learn the people. You're the people of the book. Learn the language of the book. All right, what can you say? Because you're going to get bar mitzvahed when you're 13 years old, and you're going to get a lot of presents. I thought, okay. And this was kind of life, and it sort of went on like this. And uh, are you Jewish? Yeah, I'm Jewish. What does it mean? Well, I'm Jewish. But then, uh, you know, I wasn't that great a kid. Uh, that's an understatement. 
And so my parents end up sending me to Switzerland in a very Gentile environment, let me put it that way. I went to, I was in a boarding school in Switzerland for high school, and all of a sudden nobody's Jewish. As a matter of fact, all of my teachers are North African Muslims. And let me just say, this was during the six-day six war period in Israel, and Israel is coming to the forefront. Now, we knew about Israel, because when we were going to temple, they said, Israel has just become a nation. It's uh, less than 10 years, and, and this is wonderful. It's a Jewish homeland. I said, why don't we need a homeland? We live in Beverly Hills. They're, all my friends are Jewish here. We have Hamburger Hamlet. What do we need Jerusalem for? And uh, they said, no, it's wonderful. It's, it's, you, you need this because look what Hitler did. Look how the Jews have been persecuted. Look how they're from all over the world. And there's a diaspora. And it's, we need the Jewish homeland. And how wonderful it is. Well, I knew that there was Jews that were coming from all over the place. Some people in our gallery say, yes, I'm an English Jew. And, and then later on in life, some people would come along and they'd say, uh, I'm a Jew from Spain. And they looked different. And they acted different. And they didn't look like us. And then, recently I was on a plane one time, and, um, and, the, and the, the person sitting next to me says, uh, uh, I'm from Cuba, my name is Victor Bentora. I said, you're Jewish? And he said, yeah. And I said, I didn't know they made those. I know there was such a thing as a Cuban Jew. So we find Jews everywhere, from all different places. And you, know, you kind of wonder, why? Why are Jews everywhere? Because obviously we knew, as we were studying so forth, it was this continual history through, through, through time of Jews are hated, Jews are chased, Jews are persecuted, Jews get into place, they do not so bad, and all of a sudden they're labeled as Jews, and then they got to run. And so they're, they're from here, they're there, they're everywhere. You know, uh, I had a friend one time, we were from Russia, and I said to him, I said, oh, Sasha, you're, you're, uh, you're Russian. And he said, no, I'm not Russian. He said, I'm Jewish. So what do you mean you're Jewish? I'm American. You're Russian. He goes, no, I'm Jewish. But you lived in Russia. Yeah. He said, uh, let me show you something. He brings out his passport. He said, this is a Russian passport. Opens it up. And he says, you see this thing here, the symbol? He says, yeah. He says, I'm a Jew. He says, in Russia, I'm not a Russian. I'm a Jew. I'm a Hebrew. I thought, wow. Germans, they thought they were Germans. German Jews thought they were German Germans. But they soon found out that they were Jews. So this is kind of like in the back of your mind. And anyways, as I go forward again to, to Switzerland there, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm in school there, and, and uh, a lot of people from different countries and so forth. What's your name? Uh, Cantor. Oh, you're a Jew. How do you know I'm a Jew? I says, Cantor? I says, what did you think if it was Kantorovich? So it's better than Kantorovich. And with Israel... Like I said, going back, when I was in the temple, it was all like, you got to learn these folk songs. These are the songs of our country. I didn't feel any affinity toward Israel. It looked like a swampland out in the middle of nowhere where Arabs were there shooting bullets. Or Beverly Hills is a lot better than that. And so I said, no, you got to learn the folk songs. And we need trees in Israel. So every time you come to temple, we're going to pass around this, uh, this little can and you've got to put money in there for trees. As a matter of fact, you can even fill out a form, and a tree will be planted with your name. We always joked with each other. We thought, there's no trees in Israel. It's just a scam. But it was always 
trees and how things are doing in Israel and Israel's the news and this has happened and that has happened. So anyway, so back in Switzerland, when they went through the Six-Day War, it was a big thing. I'm telling you all this. And, and so then I kind of think to myself, well, am I American or am I Jew or am I Lithuanian? Yesterday I got a haircut. The lady was from Romania. And uh, she said, well, what's your background? And I said, well, you're from Romania. I'm Lithuanian. I've never been there. <laughs> and she says, uh, you're Lithuanian? Yeah, I'm Slavic. She says, you want me to trim your eyebrows? I said, yeah, this one's sticking up too high over here. This is a Dostoevsky. Cut this one off. This one over here is a Shostakovich. Cut that one off. I want to be more American, less Slavic. So, you know, what I'm telling you this is that you really don't know who you are. You know, you're Lithuanian, you're American, you're a Jew, whatever that means. How do you, how do you think of yourself? And that's really what I want to talk about because what I'm trying to point out here is that in growing up, in my case, the term roots is really important. Where did I come from as a people? Where am I today as part of this people? And what's going to happen to my people, the Jews? That's really what I want to address today. And to look at it for, at a place where we can get answers, the book, the book of authority, the book from God, the Bible, because the Bible actually addresses those issues. Where do the Jews come from? Where are they today? And what's going to happen to them? I wanted to, 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 to uh, talk about that a little bit uh, now. And there was a man, a really important Jewish man. And he started off with the name Saul, and then he got the name Paul, the Apostle Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. And Paul was a very interesting Jewish man. And he made a statement about his life which addresses this issue. And the statement is found in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. And I just want to read this to you. Well, first of all, let me tell you about Paul, that he had a great change in his life. Paul, the super Jew was a person who was persecuting the, those Jews who had turned to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And he was a star zealot against those who had said, Jesus of Nazareth is a Jewish Messiah. That was his Saul days. A great change happened in his life on a road to Damascus where... God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, put tremendous, tremendous, tremendous conviction on his heart. He felt like he was kicking against thorns and pricks. And he went blind on this road and there was a great light. And he looked up to heaven after God called to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he looked up to heaven And he said a question which became the burning question in his life, throughout his whole life, the passion. And it was, who art thou, Lord? Who are you, God? That was the question. And God answered him and said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. If you were to say that in Hebrew, you would say, 
Ani Yeshua, I am Jesus, whom you persecutest, Saul. And his whole life at that point changed. And it became a personal quest to know God more, to know who, this, who God is, the I am Jesus God, to know him and to make him known throughout the rest of the world because to know him was to gain eternal life. To know him was to be translated from a destiny of hell to a destiny of heaven. To know him was everything the most important thing. And so he dedicated his life to knowing him. Looking back over the pattern of what occurred in his life, he makes a comment, a summary comment on his life in 1 Timothy 1.16, and he says, this is a faithful saying. This is Paul speaking about his life. This is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptation. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, all acceptation, and it's this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause, I obtained mercy that in me first... Jesus Christ might show a pattern. That's the all-important word. Jesus Christ may show a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You know that verse right there describes those answers to that questions? Who are the Jews? What are they today? Where they come from? What are they today? What's going to happen to them? He said it right there, in a nutshell. He said, look at my life. My life is a pattern to them, Jewish people, who sh- which should hereafter me believe to life everlasting. That's quite a statement. Let's go back to origin of the Jews. Where they come from? Well, it has to do with one man, Abraham. Abraham got a call from God. Very, very important in Genesis 12, verses 1, it says this. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's purpose. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he left, sorry, when he departed out of Haran. God called the man, 75 years old. His name was Abram. He was a Syrian. He was living in Ur of the Chaldees, a place called Haran. God called Abraham, and he said to Abraham, leave. He said, leave your country, leave your family, leave your father's house, leave your land to a place I will show you. I'm going to do great things for you, Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation, but not just a people to be, but a people to do for me, because in you, all the families of the earth, God cared about all the families of the earth, will be blessed. 
in you. That's the origin of the Jewish people, right there. Because one man heard God, decided to obey God, and obey God, and left, we have the Jewish people. Now, what about the present? What about the future? You know, there was a, a, a man named Stephen, and he gave a message, a speech. He gave it to Jewish leaders, and the speech was so well-received that at the end of it, they killed him for what he said. They killed him at the end of his sermon. What he addressed in his sermon was the present state of the Jewish people and their future coming. And he followed it right along the pattern of the Apostle Paul. And I want us to look at that. First of all, before we do, I want you to see something very important where the Bible says, at a historic meeting between God, who had become a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and a Jewish man, by the way, the Jewish Messiah, And the Jews had no dealings with the Gentiles at that time. But when the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah, was making his way on a trip, he purposefully went into a Gentile area. And he was by a well. And there was a Gentile woman there, a Samaritan. And he spoke to her. And that was momentous. Because that was God as the Jewish Messiah, speaking to the world, the same world that he had had said to Abraham, in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He was speaking to the world. And he said many things there, but one of the things that he said in John chapter 4, verse 22, ye worship, ye know not what. Your attempts to reach God through your religions, through your efforts, through your ceremonies, Through your worship, you know not what. Then he said, we know what we worship. We know God, for salvation is of the Jews. He said, for salvation is of the Jews. Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The greatest need of the families of the earth, the greatest need of individuals to be saved from sins, from the presence of sin, from the bondage of sin, from the penalty of sin of hell, from the non-forgiveness of sins, is to be saved from sins. It's called salvation. It's the meaning of his name. Jesus means Yeshua, salvation. And he said salvation is from the Jews. He came from the Jews in order to bring salvation to the earth, to the world, all the families of the world. What happened? Do we see salvation coming through the the most of the Jews today? No, we see West Side Story by Bernstein. We see polio vaccines by Sabin and Salk. Literature coming, we see. Science coming, we see. Many, many things coming for the Jews. But for the most part, Jews bringing salvation from sin... To the world, mm, a few Jews, not many. So then, something's not right here. What's going on? Stephen addresses this in his sermon, his last sermon, his last words, which are recorded for us in the book of Acts, chapter 7. I'm going to read this to you, because this was the last words of Stephen describing the present situation of the Jews, 
the change is coming, and what will happen in the future. It says, And the patriarchs, moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him, and delivered him out of all his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction. And our fathers, he's talking about Jewish fathers, had no sustenance. But when Jacob, father of Joseph, heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren. And Joseph's kindred were made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all his kindred, three score and 15 souls. That time, Jewish people were 15 people. And Jacob went down into Egypt and died, he and our fathers, and were carried over unto Sychem and laid in a sepulcher that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons. Tom, today you touched on the meaning of being Jewish, and I have heard so many explanations about what it means to be Jewish. I mean, does it mean that you like corned beef sandwiches on rye with Russian dressing? Is that what it means to be Jewish? Clear this up for us. Yeah, so to clear it up, it's not only corned beef sandwiches on rye, it's also borscht with sour cream. <laughs> so, no, but I mean, uh, there's so many explanations for what it means to be Jewish. It was kind of funny because when um, we used to like to listen to Alan Sherman songs and, and we would play them for, for, for other people. And if they laughed at the jokes and we thought, okay, they have a Jewish orientation, you know. The problem was my wife never laughed at the jokes. She had the, the she was always trying to figure out what she meant, and we had to explain to her it's a joke. It's a joke. But anyway, what does it mean to be Jewish? Well, of course, there's a Jewish culture. There's a Jewish heritage. There's Jewish music. There's Jewish klezmer music. There's. But this is really what the Bible means when it describes the people of God, the Jewish people. You know, it's a it's. When God looks at this issue, all those things that we just talked about, the physical characteristics, you tell them by their nose, the way they talk, what they like to eat, music and so forth, those are all what God sort of lumps together as the flesh. In Romans chapter 9, verse 8, he says, they which are the children of the flesh these are not the children of God. In other words, all those things that we just talked about, joked about, that's not what God sees and says, okay, that's, 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 that's the children of God. In other words, my people, so to speak. Well, in other, in other words, my saved people. Of course, when he looks at the Jewish people and he says, my people, when he says, my people are rebellious people, my my, my, oh, my people, he bemoans his people. Yeah, okay, then he's talking about the children of the flesh, his people in their unbelief. But to really be what he calls the children of God means that they follow God. And that's not a birth issue. That's an issue of the heart. That's the issue of what God calls his people that are the children of God. What does it mean? It means to be a follower of Abraham. What was Abraham? Abraham valued God above his own people. Abraham, when he heard the call 
of God to go leave his people with the famous words, lech lecha, in other words, you in walking, start walking, you walk, you go, you leave your people, which were an Ur of the Chaldees, you leave your family, you leave your kindred. Why? Because they didn't understand. They didn't follow God. And God said, okay, you want to be a follower of Abraham? When I tell you to follow me, even if it means to separate from your own family, even if it means your own mother and father, you're like Abraham because you left his, he left his kindred, he left his family, he left his home. Where did he go? To a place God called him to. So in other words, Abraham valued God above all. So to be Jewish, it's ironic because the argument that the Jewish people make for why they should not follow the Lord Jesus Christ is they say, oh, my mother, oh, my father, oh, my people, oh, my heritage. How can I turn my back on that? The answer is because Abraham did. When he heard the call of God, he said, God's more important than everyone else and everything else. I value God more. And so therefore, God looked at him and he said, that's my son, that's my people. When they're following Abraham, then they're following me, and I call them the children of God. To come and to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as God and as Savior, the Jewish people will say it's a very un-Jewish thing to to do, but God said, it's the exact thing that I want you to do, and when you do that, you're like Abraham, you're my people. Thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow, Tom will continue from our study in the Bible. If you'd like to learn more about Tom Cantor or Israel Restoration Ministries, visit friendshipwithgod.org. There you'll find more resources to help you with your friendship with God. Thanks for listening, and join us again tomorrow at this same time.